Hi, Lauren. Good to have you on the show. Hardy, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So uh, for everybody who doesn't know you, could you please tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. So my name's Lauren Cress. I'm the business scientist. I, um, I started my business three years ago, um, helping brands to grow, helping businesses um, to grow their grow their business, attract their clients, um, their ideal clients. And um, my cats decided to join us on the show as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I help businesses attract and serve their ideal clients, and I do that using science. Mm. So um, could you share with us the story behind like your unusual approach to business, like combining business and science? So I love it. But um, yeah, <laughs> please share the story with us. What does it all mean? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, what does science have to do with business? Yeah. In, in business, a lot of the time we talk about best practices, you know, how do we adopt best practice to grow our business? Um, and what I realized being someone who studied science and not studying business, but worked in business, um, was that how we come to, you know, realize best practices is through the scientific method. It's through applying the scientific framework, understanding what works best for what we're trying to do. And now we're in this age where things are constantly changing, right? One of the big challenges that business owners are facing today is trying to cope with the fast rate of change for technology, mm. you know, the future of work, industry 4.0. How do we adjust to these this massive amount of flux that we're seeing in our marketplaces? And so science is really appropriate here because what science does is it gives us the tools to experiment and learn from our experiments. So um, that's sort of what I basically do is I help people understand, okay, how do we create a hypothesis about your market, about how to go to market? And then how do we test it? You know, how do we learn from that? And how do we use that to grow your business? So that's sort of it in a, in a nutshell. <laughs> mm, yeah, makes sense. So, so basically you, uh, you studied business, or, or, I guess, right? No, I, oh, so can... I studied science. Um, I studied mm. behavior, uh, psychology mm. and neuroscience. Um, but if you think about it, business is all about people, right? It's understanding what motivates us, what drives us, what our customers want, what our staff want. And so it was actually a really good, um, what, it was a really good uh, area of study to learn. Um, and then I went on and studied um, creative thinking and advertising for the global marketplace. So I've done done advertising studies um, and then I've always worked in marketing and communications, but I don't have a business degree. <laughs> mm, yeah, but 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 like you said, I think also like business is really about people and marketing and advertising because like I'm in the advertising space. So uh, advertising is also all about people. It's not about the five steps to get the word out, but it's really about the people at the end of the day. So uh, yeah, totally agreed. 100%, 100%. So uh, could you please share with our listeners like your your biggest lessons on, um, yeah, business, science, human nature and what have you. So, uh, yeah, could you please speak to that? So so basically there's, there's five key human drives, right, that we're all motivated by. And the way that we work as businesses, we're trying to tap into those drives. So the first one is to acquire. We all want or we need stuff, right? We need food, um, we need shelter, but it might be also something more intangible like um, status or prestige. Mm. Um, another core drive is to learn, 
is to how do we get more um, get more knowledge? How do we, you know, we have that curiosity gap. We're all curious as, as human beings, so acquiring knowledge. Um, the third one is to protect ourselves. So we want to protect ourselves from harm. We want to make sure that our family's okay, that we're okay. Um, and then there's also emotional drives. So the, the desire to belong, the desire mm. to think I'm part of something greater than myself. So, um, you know, part of a community. Um, and then the final one, and this is the most important drive that every business needs to remember, and most businesses don't, is that everyone wants to feel good. Everyone mm. wants to pleasure and away from pain. It's a core human universal drive. And so if you can talk about how your business fits in relation to that, then you've got, I mean, that that's people, right? That's what we're saying. Like people, um, that's how people operate. And our brain mm. is constantly scanning our environment, looking for, subconsciously, we don't realise that we're doing it, looking for ways and looking for opportunities to move us away from pain and towards pleasure. So mm. to be safe to be recognized to get attention we need to tap into those core human drives and motivations got it so lauren um how would we uh, use this in practice so give our listeners like something actionable here so um yeah how, how could they use this framework today in their business so <laughs> could you please Absolutely. Fix that? no it's a it's a really good question right so um, let's talk about in relation to your marketing and communications. So when you're on social media speaking, and I encourage everyone, if you're not doing it already, get some videos out on social media every week, right? Uh, that's like why we're doing this here today. Talk to your <laughs> audience. If, if people don't know who you are, um, then it's very hard for them to w make a decision about whether or not they want to work with you. So when you're speaking, think about how is what I'm saying relevant to the person I'm talking to, because what we remember is the things we care about. And so when someone's scrolling through their Instagram feed or their LinkedIn feed or their Facebook feed, what's what they're going to stop on, and this is, again, what's going on in their brain, is I'm going to stop on this post because this actually looks relevant to me. So if you're talking about, let's say you're a personal trainer, you help people lose weight, right? That's going to be salient or that's going to be, you know, noticeable to people who want to lose weight. So at the very outset, you want to be really clear about how that person's going to feel by losing weight. But in a way, that's, that's like, this is possible. You know, are you finding it really frustrating that you've been trying all these diets and <laughs> losing weight? That's how you hook someone in, you know? I mean, as you know as well, working in advertising, um, that's what's, oh, sorry. Oh, your camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, as you know, in advertising, that's how um, that's how we get attention. So speak to speak to the emotion, um, but then also speak about what you do. So um, again, using that example, we can talk to the drive of to learn. So yeah, you're trying all these diets and exercise, but really, you just need to learn some of the fundamental ways um, that you that we all lose weight, right? And there's some things that I'm going to teach you in this video. So then there's that not you're creating a bit of a knowledge gap. Oh, okay, right. What am I going to learn? This is going to, to help me. Um, and what I'm going to acquire from this is I'm going to acquire um, the body that I want to be in, and that's going to make mm. me feel good. So it's it's kind of pretty simple, but if you think about it, that goes through all of your communication. So I'm talking about a post, but that could be the way you write 
um, your copy on your website. It could be the way that you motivate your staff as well. Guys, what we're at, why we exist, what we're trying to do is we're trying to help our customers solve this painful problem. You know, talking about it in relation to the human element instead of what a lot of us do in business is we talk about the money. You know, we mm. say, how many leads do I need to get today? How many, um, you know, what can I say about me? What can I say about my business? But if you make it about the customer, then that's what's actually going to stand out to them and get attention. Mm, I really love this because I think like um, it's one of the biggest traps that people fall into that they're like always focused on themselves and yeah, what they can uh, get out of the deal or what have you. And um, they're not really focused about the customer and not thinking about like, hey, what does the other person want? So um, yeah, I really love this. Exactly. And I think the other thing we need to remember is These people are the people that we're trying to get attention from are complete strangers. They don't know us. Once they get to know us, once we're on a phone call with them, then we can talk about those things. We can talk about how we're different and we can talk about our approach, <laughs> you know, but, but that's, that's at the right time. So we need to think about what's the situation the person that I'm speaking to is in and what's going to be the thing that's you know, makes them care about what I'm actually saying because it sounds harsh, but they don't care about you yet. There's billions of people mm. in the world. They, they don't know you, you know. Mm. <laughs> so so, so, what would you tell our listeners? Like, how, how, how do you think um, they should get people care about them? So, Yeah, so I think the, the big thing is, is framing it in terms of, and we hear this all the time and it's cliche for a reason, <laughs> but, but use a story. Stories mm. are really... Stories have been around forever since humans basically have the brains that we have now, um, and there's a reason for that. Stories work because that's how our brain is wired to remember things. So um, there's some really great information out there. You can just Google it. Um, I have some resources as well, which I'm happy to share, but just in terms of how to um, frame your story. So um, when you're trying to get attention again, start with the situation. Um, if you have clients that you've helped, you can start with a story about your client. You know, so you can say, you know, the other day I was working with my client and I'm just going to stay on the, the weight loss one because I started. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all right. So, you know, the other, the other day I was speaking with one of my clients and she was saying how um, she really finds it hard on Friday nights uh, to not get back, get home, eat a whole heap of junk food and you know drink the night away and then she kind of feels really bad about herself and then she spends a whole weekend beating herself up about it so now it's like oh that's me that's i have that same problem okay now this person's going to tell me the solution i'm going to keep listening so now i'm leaning in i'm going okay what, what's next what, what are you going to say and then we can talk about you know if this is you if you're like my client then my, my biggest piece of advice to you is that one you know don't uh, i mean i'm not a personal trainer but like you know can you give <laughs> But now they care. Now you can share a little bit of your expertise because you've framed it in a way that that person can relate to. Um, so then you can talk a little bit and you don't have to be too, like, in-depth, but mm. it's enough to that for that person to go, oh, okay, if I need help with this, I'm going to reach out to this person or I'm going to message them, I'm going to contact them. Um, where if we're just, you know, sort of, I mean, you see so much content out there that's kind of like, Uh, it's not quick enough, it doesn't get attention fast enough, and it, it, there's a lot of ums and ahs and, you know, mm. things like that. So, so plan the first 
sentence of what you're going to say. I'm speaking directly in relation to video content, but you can do it really with anything. Think about what do I need to say first to keep this person's attention? And once once you've kind of got their attention, then talk about the solution. Mm, yeah, and this really shows the power of social media because um, people can really relate to you when you share your story, when you share your experiences. And um, yeah, and, and at the end of the day, like you said, uh, people buy from people. So 100%. I find, and I'd be interested if you find this as well, but since I, I started podcasting, I found that people approach me like they're already familiar with me. Mm, yeah. You know, because they'll kind of, they'll go, they'll just talk <laughs> to me in a way like they know me, which I want. I love that. Um, you're, you're building a relationship with someone before they ever speak to you. And I think that's the power, like you say, that 100% agree that's the power of social media. So, um, but I think, I think the big thing is in all of this is like what we started off saying, right? Like we're people, we're people connecting with people. And when you remember that and when you tap into that, I think your business just has, it's like instead of going to work and putting on your hat and going, okay, now I'm working in my job and I'm playing this role. It's like you're actually being yourself. And I think social media has really opened that up for us in a new way. that opportunity to um, really connect with people around the world. I mean, you're in Germany, I'm in Australia. I speak with people every day from all around the world. What an amazing time we live in, right? Mm, and yeah. leverage, that, leverage that for your business because um, you might find that the people that you really want to serve aren't just in your local community or even in your country. They could be anywhere, you know, Um that's that's pretty exciting, I think. <laughs> yeah, totally agreed. So um, could you please also speak like, um, let's give our listeners something actionable again at this point. So um, yeah, what would you tell everybody who's interested in, in starting a business online? Um, how should they approach, in your opinion, um, how should they approach like creating a brand, um, building, building their business online? And yeah, um, please give, give us your best advice on this. So. <laughs> All right. So it's a big question and it's a great question. Um, <laughs> yeah. And everyone wants to know how to build it online, right, which is is smart. Like, and I think for us in the millennial generation as well, it's like we're kind of digital natives. It makes mm. it a lot easier for us to start a business online. Um, the biggest piece of advice I'd give, I, I'd give is like stay ahead of the curve. And it was advice I actually got from my boss who had run a business before we worked together in, our last, in my last um, job. And it's basically that, so the big issue for businesses, there's two big problems. If you talk to, I've talked to lots of business owners, I'm sure you have as well. The two big problems are time and money. So Mm. when you don't have enough money, you have a lot of time, but you don't have money. So how do you get money, right? And when you have money, you usually don't have time. So you're always trying to work out those two resources. So when you're starting, it's usually that you've got time, but you don't have money. What I would say is like, Work um, really hard on treating your first customer or two like an absolute VIP because that person is trusting you with their business and you don't have any experience yet. You might have experience in a job, but it's different, right? When when they're your client in your business, they're they're your first client, you've got to treat them like gold. Now, that first client is probably going to come from your network. 
it probably isn't going to come from a marketing funnel. I haven't seen that happen too much. It's probably going to happen because you've spoken about your business to a few people or you used to work somewhere or you know some people from college or university and at some point someone's gone, oh, yeah, I need some help with that. And it's the problem you want to solve, right? And now you're just like, cool, like I've got, I can make a business out of this, right? Like I can make a um, it might be in lots of things, like maybe um, it's tutoring or maybe it's, um, you know, helping people with marketing. Maybe it's helping people with their bookkeeping. Um, whatever it is that that's your problem that you solve, you probably aren't at a point yet where you know how to build a brand around it. And that's okay. So what you want to do is really learn as much as you can from that experience with that client. If you can give yourself space um, and time to learn without having the financial pressure. That's mm. also that's why we're seeing the rise of the side hustle. You know, we're seeing people who are working full time or part time, or they have a super supportive partner who's you know can kind of help them. But don't put the pressure on your business to in the first three to six months be making stack loads of money because you you haven't grown a reputation yet, and that's normal. You know, if you're expecting yourself to turn over six figures from day one, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself, <laughs> you know, so, so don't, so take that pressure away. So have, have a safety net, um, because that's going to enable you to really put the mental space into this first part of your business. So for me, what I did is I had foundation clients. I had my one or two clients that, um, you know, at the beginning were super supportive and amazing. Um, and that meant that I could learn mm. them. Once you do that, once you have that, oh, I actually understand this problem more now because that's really what you're doing, you're understanding what the client's problem is, all the little details of what you need to do to solve that problem, then, then you start looking at brands. So it's like, okay, what did I do for that client? What was it that, I, um, that, that they really got out of this experience with me, of this value exchange? If you can do things, and this is the science part, if you can do things to document that, that's a lot better. So mm. record your calls if you're, um, you know, coaching them online or tutoring someone online. If you're not, if it's face-to-face, -face, ask them to fill in like a feedback form. Ask them to give you like how did you find this, how are you finding this so far, check in with them. Um, Over-service them for less money than what you're worth. Like at the beginning, honestly, you're better off playing that game than trying to charge like super premium prices. Um Service that client, exceed their expectations, and then use that as your sort of this. That's like your beta test. It's like the beginning, um, and you you could do the same thing with like tech, right? So if you're building a product, it's still the same thing. You're testing. You don't know exactly how to solve the problem yet, but you've got a great idea. So use that. That's kind of like your experimental learning phase. And then you kind of want to have like a bit of a consolidation phase. So you want to go, okay, what did I actually do? What was all that brain? How do I start to put some structure around this? Um, and then once you have that, then start, then you want to start thinking about how do I promote this? Um, so like I said, if you've got that financial backing, that's going to be a lot more helpful than if you're trying to just, you know, look, I, I mean, I know people that have done it and they've done it successfully, but for me, I'm kind of like, I like to be a bit less risk-taking than that <laughs> because most, like there's 60% of viable businesses that fail just because of cash flow issues. You know, so it's a good business. 
they do a good job, but because they don't have cash flow, they put too much pressure on themselves at the beginning financially, they don't really get the business off the ground. Um, yeah, so there's probably more, but that's that's the big thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I also think that um, really focusing on your first few clients is really important because um, it's also what what you didn't mention, but um, um, it's also a great way to get even more business. So um, to get referrals and um, to really get this thing going because um, people really tend to neglect their first few clients and they say, oh man, what what is he going to do? Like paying me 1K per month, like it doesn't change my life. But um, yeah, if you really serve them well and if you really like like you've said over deliver you will eventually get even more business from this one or two clients so yeah 100% actually that is a really good point like um and also what I found is like I kept most of my clients so mm -hmm. like you said mm -hmm. referral but if you work in an area where it is that you're c continually um helping that client over a period of years if you service them well at the beginning then, you know, and you can put your prices up. So you might go after the first six months working with someone, okay, we, we've come to the end of our first contract, um, you know, now I'm kind of moving into this stage of my business and you can have that that um, chat with them and just say like, you know, for me it was really important. You, I really uh, appreciate the fact that you trusted me so early on. You know, now I'm at this point in my business and, you know, I'm, my fees are now increasing to this, you know. And a lot of clients are okay with that you know it's a hard conversation to have um but keeping your clients is is massive getting them to refer new clients and then using those mm. testimonials to then attract you know strangers to your business that's when we start looking at your marketing um mm. you did ask a question about brands so um i'll talk to that for for a minute as well sure with, with your brand I feel like brand is such a confusing word. I don't know if you find this as well, but people are like, what is brand? Is that my logo? Like, what is brand? <laughs> I, like, I have a Facebook page. Is that my brand? Brand, I think if we use the word reputation instead of brand, it's mm. a bit more because we all know what reputation means. Like, we all went to school, right? We know what it's like to have a bad reputation at school or we know what it's like to have a good reputation. So in <laughs> For your brand that's what we're trying to do so and what we're talking about when we're saying service that client well make sure they're happy that's part of your reputation that's your first point of word of mouth so uh, with branding you've got oh, with brand you mouth side of things and then you have the active things that you're doing out in market to remind people like we was talking about before on social media on your website hey i'm here this is what i do and I want you to remember me. And that's the other way that we sort of grow our reputation. Um, mm. And what's happening now with a lot of online businesses, the thing I've seen is that your personal brand a lot of the time is actually more important, you know, um, than, your, than your business brand. I don't know. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, totally. I love this, yeah. <laughs> because 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 people can way easier relate to a person than to a business. So. Yeah. So you look on LinkedIn and so let's talk about someone like big, like Richard Branson, right? Mm. Richard Branson has like, I can't, I can't remember how many followers. It's crazy the amount of followers yeah. he has on LinkedIn. But if you look at Virgin, Virgin doesn't have anywhere near the mm. amount of followers that Richard Branson has. Um, Virgin is still a strong brand. We all know that brand. Yep. But Richard Branson's the person that we are like, wow, what an amazing person, you know. So 
uh, yeah, people like people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, like you said, I think also that um, creating content is like one of the most important things. But um, if you focus too much on the content part, your business will suffer because, um, like you said, you really need the money at the start. And um, like building a brand is like really a long-term thing. You won't get to one million followers in like three months. So uh, <laughs> it's really a three or five, five-year thing. So um, yeah, it, I think your advice is great that people really should um, focus on, on getting the first few clients so uh, why building a brand yeah the way I usually talk about it is like the long game the short game and the long game yeah you know, the the short game is your direct sales your short game mm. is your relationship building um, your networking word of mouth all of those things there's all these little things you can do with the short game so mm. you know if someone if you've got a couple of clients and one of them says to you hey this was amazing thank you so much for today that's when you say and this is again the psychology of it when someone's emotionally high in that experience that's when you say to them oh I'm so glad do you know anyone else who you think would benefit from this who needs this kind of help Because they're, they're at that point where they're like, yeah, I'm going to be an advocate for you. This has been great. I feel like I'm getting more value than what I've paid for, which is how we want our customers to feel. Of course, I can refer people to you. So um, that's your short, your short game is all in that one-on-one -on -one interaction. But your long game, as you said, completely agree, you have to be consistently doing things that are building your brand because five years down the track, like I'm in my third year now, well, third, three and a bit. And it's only now that I'm starting to see the brand work pay off, to be honest with you. Like, it take it does take a long time. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. And then I think um, most people are like, um, they either tend to, to really think too long term or they only think too short term and only focus on sales and only focus on, like, getting money without, like, um, creating or building a brand and I think in this day and age like you've mentioned a couple of times to really stick out and and to really get people connect with you it's so important to to build a personal brand so yeah great advice from from your yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um what would you tell everybody um who is listening to this who wants to scale their business who has like a, a, a customer base who has a few thousand followers and, and so on and so forth like what would you tell them okay so the key word is leverage mm. when you're mm. at the point when you're ready to scale you've got to look at what you already have um, I always find that when I talk to clients at this point in their journey of growing a business, there's something that they didn't realize they have. Like there's, it's like treasure digging, right? There's like some little treasure trove that they haven't found yet. It's, it's a lot of fun actually. So this is like the, the, um, the fact finding mission of, um, of scientists. We want to go, what's, what's actually going on? Let's, let's really dissect this and break this down. So for instance, um, if you're someone who is a great speaker, then we need to leverage that. We need to get you out in the media. We need to get you speaking. We need to get you, you're going to be the brand ambassador. If you're someone who hates that stuff and you're like public speaking, that's my worst nightmare. We're going to go for a completely different approach because the thing is, is there's like hundreds, as you know, right? There's hundreds of different tactics you can use to grow a business, but you want to use the, the tactics and the strategies that suit who you are, you know, because you're probably still, you know, I mean, you can actually scale as a solopreneur, as one person. You might have a small team as well. But the chances are is like 
you you are the brand at that point. Um, and we want to make sure that we're playing to your strengths. So if you're someone who like loves being on um, loves being in the data, you love being on Facebook looking at ads and how they're performing, you're really great at writing, then we're going to use things like images and copy in Facebook advertising, right? Because it's like, and you're happy to monitor it. Um, because then you can save money on that that management side as well, because that can be quite expensive. Um, but again, if you're someone who hates that stuff and you're like, oh, no, like I don't want to spend all day behind a computer, then let's not make you spend all day behind a computer. You know? um, so that's what I mean by leverage. Um, the other thing is, is, like you said, with your established customer base, how can you use that established customer base? So um, referrals, upselling, um, cross-selling. I've talked to, to people who run businesses just helping other business owners re uh, upsell and resell to their previous clients. So if someone's kind of, you know, not been in touch for six months, um, reach out to them, send them an email, um, see how they're going. If if it's not to um, re-engage you, it might be that they know someone as well. So um, your Great customers... Advice. Yeah, your customers are a massive asset and um, there's nothing wrong with going back to them, if they've, especially if they've had a good experience, um, saying, hey, can you write a testimonial? You know, like on my LinkedIn profile, I have so many testimonials from people and I'm like, if people say, oh, how do I know if you're any good? I'm like, oh, just read my testimonials. You, you can call mm. customers, you know, like <laughs> um, you don't have anything to hide. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, so leverage is, is the key word and just see it as a bit of a, a treasure hunt. Where, where are the, the pieces in my business that I can use to, to promote myself? And it's really good to get outside help with this. So I don't necessarily mean paid consulting. or I mean, I, I like paying people and getting outside help with the things that I, um, I'm, I'm not good at. But if you're not at that point, ask your friends and your family, ask your customers, what do you think I should showcase? What do you think I'm good at? Um, what would be, uh, oh, actually another one, sorry, to go off on a tangent. <laughs> sure. <laughs> another really good thing you can do is um, go on Quora, you know, the, the yeah. site where you can submit questions um, and start answering questions that you're good at, uh, that you're good at answering, that you can solve. What you'll find is one that will probably help you with like your frequently asked questions, which are great to have on your website. Um, but two, as you start to answer them, you'll actually get people requesting your answers. And so that process can be really good for going, what questions are people in my market asking? And then how do I get out there and answer them as well? Because if you've been in your business for a while, you've been very service focused and now you're going to be more um, sales focused, you're going to have to talk to that audience a little bit differently. So learning what strangers are asking, what questions they're asking is really helpful to then putting together, say, those videos where you're answering a question and positioning yourself as a thought leader. So there's mm. so many so many things you could do, but it's a really exciting stage. In the <laughs> yeah, I, I love your advice, especially um, getting back to your existing customer base, because I think um, it's like way easier to sell your, to, to, to your existing customers than to sell to a totally new prospect. So, um, yeah. Yeah, the new prospect sale is hard, but it's also something that, you know, you do, customer acquisition is so important as well. So it's like, it's getting that balance right where you're, because you can get into a stage where you're servicing your clients over and over and then you're like, oh, it's, my business is six years on and we're kind of just staying the same. So when you want to 
get to that next level, I'm using my hands, so for people who are listening, (laughs) um, (laughs) if you want to get to that next level, it's sort of finding that balance between re-engaging your existing customers, getting them to spread the word about you, and then also going, starting to work on your marketing funnel to go, how do I start to at least get the conversation starting with new people? Because you can get into a bit of a, a profitability rut where, and I see a lot of businesses do this, where they become established six-figure businesses um, and they find it very hard to scale because they, they're so busy servicing their clients. Mm. Have enough money yet to invest in that, that next stage. So there's always that painful stage you're going through where you've got to almost invest money back into your business to get it to that next level, you know. Mm. Um, it's the bit of a balancing act at that point. Yeah, totally. And I think that um, a lot of people are also scared to invest their money in like sales, uh, sales team or Facebook advertising or what have you, because like there's so, so many like marketing hustlers on the Internet and um, yeah, saying they're experts and this and that. And, and people I like have like bad experiences with all those uh, online marketing services. So, um, yeah, 100 percent. It's. What, what I um, usually do for myself and for my clients as well is I'm like, when you're at that point, um, just one, you have to be careful with the talent that you hire. Um, mm. But two, also um, when you're investing, invest, invest a small amount first to just test the waters. So if you lose that, it's not the end of the world. Like, um, I mean, this is the how aggressive, how conservative do you want to be in your investment? Mm. But if you go too aggressive where you go, oh, like, you know, I'm going to put $10,000 into Facebook all at once. Um, now, some marketers will say, oh, that's a great strategy because the more money you put into Facebook, but but it's like, yeah, but you're still testing. So until you've got that funnel right, you know, yeah, maybe spend a couple of grand, but don't spend too much because um, you can end up not staying ahead of the curve. You know, you can end up having that cash flow issue. So it's hard. It's a hard decision-making process to go you know yeah so uh lauren um at the end i always ask every guest of mine five very quick and short questions but um before i ask those um give (laughs) give our listeners your best advice on marketing funnels like what would you tell them at this point in our conversation like give us your best advice here so (laughs) please okay okay so um best advice would be build it backwards. Build the bottom of your funnel first. I see so many people who do all this top of funnel work. They go out in the media. They're like churning through all this content, um, just trying to, you know, get noticed, get attention. But then there's nowhere for the person to go. So the Facebook page is really unclear. LinkedIn profile is unimpressive or almost like it actually disqualifies them a bit. It makes them look not credible um, or their website doesn't exist. And they, so they don't have the bottom of funnel structure set up. So build it backwards. Build where that conversion point is first. So make sure that you know clearly what your products are and what you're selling. Then move up from there. Okay, so I know what products I'm selling. Now, How? what sort of lead magnet am I going to use to get people on the phone to talk about this product? Okay, then from there, once you've got that lead magnet, how are you going to share that 
Is that through your website, et cetera, et cetera? And then build it up from there. So when you're promoting yourself, you're really proud of every stage of that funnel that people are going through. I, I, I hope I'm not skipping over too much like assumed knowledge there. Like if you think I am, um, we can <laughs> everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Great um, advice. But, yeah, be be proud of the end point first. Um, and it's going to make you want to promote yourself more as well because you're like, oh, that website really reflects who I am. My LinkedIn profile really reflects what I'm really proud of this. Now I've just got to mm. spread the word, you know. Reverse engineering it, basically. Exactly. So uh, could you please tell everybody where can they connect with you, work with you and find you on the social webs and so on and so forth? Yeah, so um, best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. I'm a massive fan of LinkedIn. Um, my name's Lauren Kress. If you look it up, it's spelt the German way. My last name's German, so with a K. Um, K <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, and also you can go on my website, so laurenkress.com, or my business website is thechangemakers.org.au. Got it. So uh, the first out of the five question is, What are the three books that had the greatest influence on your life? Great question. Um, the Personal MBA by Josh mm -hmm. Kaufman. Um, Rising Strong by Brene Brown. Um, and Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon. Mm, got it. So uh, the second question is, uh, what are the three movies that you have enjoyed the most? Um, I really liked Avengers Endgame. <laughs> um, oh, other movies that I've really enjoyed. Um, not a massive movie buff, but I like Blade Runner. The um, mm. so great. many people mentioned Blade Runner on the show. It's like crazy, like fifty oh, really? people or something. Yeah, or oh, thirty. Yeah, like, a lot of people. <laughs> It's a movie. It's yeah, a movie. it's a great film. It's a great film. Um, and, oh, gosh, a third one. Mm. Um, oh, I quite liked um, uh, American Beauty as well, mm, actually. Good film. Yeah. Yeah. Good. You put me on the spot a bit with that one, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, what is... The third question is, um, what is the most useful product or service that you have bought in recent memory? Okay. I'm going to go a business product. Um, I was actually raving about this on LinkedIn today. So it's called Gather Content. Um, it's basically a tool that you can use that allows you to collaborate um, with other people. So it could be clients, it could be your staff um, to create content and Having worked in content marketing for a really long time, it's the best one I've found by far. It's pretty simple, but really, really powerful. So mm. I'm pretty happy with that purchase. <laughs> so uh, the fourth question is, what are the most important realizations you've had in the last couple of years? And we had some guests to shed something deeply personal about their business, family life, relationships, time, travel. So speak to anything you feel comfortable sharing with our audience today. Most important realizations. I think the biggest thing I realized, uh, and this was probably about a year ago, uh, it was at a talk, someone said something and it just, I was like, oh, yeah, um, was that I kept telling myself I wasn't good enough. Mm. And 
realized I was telling myself that it was like, and I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I still tell myself that sometimes, but the realization that I told myself that was huge because um, like, I mean, one, like a lot of us tell ourselves that, right? We tell ourselves, I'm not good enough to do this. I'm not good enough for this person. I mean, it can be in relationship. It can be in business, all sorts of things. Why do we tell ourselves that? Like how mm. crazy is that, you know? Um, and when I realized that this was this thought that I had constantly in my head, I started kind of being more mindful of it and going, hang on, hang on. That's weird. Why am I telling myself that? And when you're, once you're conscious of it, it doesn't have as much power over you. So, um, I do think I'm good enough (laughs) (laughs) without any additives. (laughs) (laughs) So Lauren, um, the last question for today is, uh, what would you tell your 20 year old self? I was very different at 20. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would probably say, um, I actually would probably give myself that uh, sort of that advice. I, I, would, I would say to myself, um, hey, be a bit kinder to yourself. Mm. Every hey, you've got this and, um, and your life's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Because I was such an angsty 20-year-old. I was like, what am I going to do with my life? <laughs> you know? It's like it's, it's okay. Um, that's probably what I would say to myself. Got it. So... <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show uh, sharing your great advice it was fun talking to you today so likewise Heidi it was great talking to you thank you so much for having me on the show <laughs> my pleasure so uh, yeah talk soon thanks Heidi thank you for listening if you like this episode please rate review and subscribe also make sure to share the podcast and tell your friends about it thank you so much for supporting the show I'll see you in the next episode Over and out.